Welcome to the Agape in Action podcast, a podcast about genuine compassion and justice for our neighbors near and far. A relevant conversation that will challenge the way you embrace the life you were meant to live. Now, here are your hosts, Holly Flood and Robbie Jones. Hello and welcome to Agape in Action. I am Holly. And I'm Robbie. And it is so good to have you with us today. So tell me, Holly, what's the word of the day? So we always talk about people will follow you when they know, like, and trust you. That's right. So our word today is trust. Trust. You know, um, I really believe trust takes time. You know, sometimes we feel like, you know, I've got a title, I've got a position, so people are going to trust me, they're going to follow me. But I've learned, Holly, throughout the years and my time in leadership and my time in ministry is that, you know, it takes time. You know, I, I think I've shared this story before. You know, I became the pastor here at Parkway. I have uh, two very, very close friends of mine, and I had them come preach a conference for me. And both of them said to me, and, this is the, and they didn't, they, it wasn't the same night, they weren't together. They didn't know what the other one had said, but both of them said this. He said, Robbie, you are um, the pastor, but you're not the leader. It'll take you about five to seven years to earn the trust of this congregation to really become the leader of these people. And I saw that happen. You know, there are a lot of people where there's changes. Whenever a new administration comes in, there's changes. And so it took time for people to really trust who I was and what I was doing, and I was not, you know, crazy, and um, and so I think people are listening to us today. You know, trust is a is a key element to our leadership and to really where God's taking us. You know, we always used to say, you know, trust is earned, not given. Right. And I think that's the thing. A lot of times, the example you just used, a person thinks because they're in that position, they step in and they're disappointed because they discover that it doesn't just work like that. It's not just because you're the pastor or the leader or whatever, you know, whatever that leadership position you have is that now people are just going to follow you and everything's going to fall in place. And I think when I talk to people who are frustrated leaders, that's probably one of the biggest challenges is that they expect it to just kind of fall into their position and everything was going to move forward, you know, peacefully and exactly how they imagined. And then they hit a wall and they have to learn a very tough lesson. And now I have to build trust with the people who I'm trying to lead. They have to, when I said no, like, and trust, you have to give people an opportunity to get to know who you are right. as a leader. And then people want to like you. But most of all is when they trust you, they will follow you. And you can apply that not just to leadership. You can apply that to relationships. You can apply that to so many things in life that people, you, you get so much further when people trust you. Exactly. Absolutely. So now speaking of that, you know, I just mentioned it was a great lesson. Today we're talking about sort of like life lessons, experiences right. that sort of impacted your life and the way you perceive things and the way you do things. And I think most of us can pinpoint certain things that have happened in our lives that shaped us. That was a great example that you just gave, discovering that, yeah, it was going to take seven years. And I, you shared that with me. And I think whatever they told you, they told you seven years, you realize that the seven-year mark. And what was amazing about that, they said five to seven years. And I could, I could literally put my finger on about that fifth year 
because up until that point, everything that I was trying to do seemed to be a struggle. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I reached that fifth year and I had earned the trust of, of people. And then all of a sudden now, it wasn't a struggle anymore. It's like we can trust him. And now that I've been doing this for 16 years, people still, and let me just say this, when you're in leadership, people are going to question you. They're going to question your motives. They're going to question your reasoning, why you're doing things that you're doing. And that's okay. You have to be confident enough in your call and what God has called you to do to say, you know what? You can, you can trust me on, on this because people are going to question you. And so um, I, I saw in that fifth year that people began. So, yeah, that was a life lesson for me um, because when they first said it, I'm thinking, Really? It's going to take five to seven years. But it, it, I, I saw that during that time, I grew as a leader. And so, yeah, what we're talking a little bit about today, Holly, is life lessons and the experiences that have shaped our lives. And I know that all of us have had some of those experiences. And um, I think we need to understand that God never lets anything come into our lives that it doesn't have a purpose. Yeah. And I think that's important to learn. So what's another sort of life lesson you've had? You shared that one. What's one that, let's say, let's go to the top of your pile, because I'm sure you've had a lot. Let's go to the top of your pile. What is probably the greatest life lesson that you've had that shaped you in, in probably the most, um, most experiences, other experiences behind it, that it's sort of driven those, how you responded in those other areas? Well, I think for me personally, and I think people that are listening, is that um, I have learned how to always look forward. You know, um, you can't change the past. And um, there are things that have happened in the past. There's been relationships. There have been people who have, you know, who will walk out of your life um, if you're, especially if you're a leader, um, and, and not even a leader, but even in just life, people may, make decisions uh, to do certain things. And so I think for me personally, um, learning to just constantly focus on the future and where I'm going rather than focusing on, you know, um, what could have been. Because if you live in that what could have been moment, um, then I think you're always going to be um, disappointed. And uh, really, I think that's a way we find ourselves stuck in where we are rather than constantly moving forward and learning new things. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. How about yourself? What, what, what's some of the experiences that have shaped your life? You know, I was thinking about that, and um, I'll say this. I'll tell you what I've gotten from it, and then I'll give some examples. I'll put it that way. Okay. You know, I have this personal, what I call a personal mantra, I will not be defeated. No, the good. things that I have been through have given me a victorious mindset. And I'm not just saying something that's a cliche, like literally, that is the place that I've come to because of, you know, people will put limits on you, and sometimes we can put limits on ourselves mental limits I'm talking about. So, you know, the, the guidance counselor who told me I can never be more than a secretary, wow. the, you know, person who told me you probably should ma major in media, you're not going to get a job. The, and like I said, that person meant well, 
the first person didn't mean well. Right. You know, the person who said to me, why would you major in business when you're, you work in TV? You know, to, it, you know, you can't do anything with that. When I look back over my life, I see moments where people put limits on me, even statistics, because I come from a, my parents were divorced when I was young. So statistics say these are the things that should have happened in my life because right. I was in that situation. But what I, I realized when I look back over my life, I can see, literally see God's handprint. In every one of those situations, number one, being him encouraging me and giving me the right words. But number two, when I look back and I see how I came out of it, everything that I was told could not happen, would not happen, it happened. And sometimes it happened even better than I imagined that it would happen. And so now when I come up against something, a lot of times I say I will not be defeated. That I will say it verbally out loud and I'm relentless. Like I will keep working at something. Now, if I feel like God says, let it go because this is not what I want. This I have something better or something else. Then I know to let go but and then go in the direction he's leading me. But normally, you know, I, I try to pray before I start doing stuff. But I am a relentless person. Right. And it's the confidence I have. Because over my life, I've seen where people try to tell me a door was not open, that God was like, no, it's open. Just keep believing, keep praying, keep doing whatever I told you to do. And so through all of those, I have a victorious mindset. When I left my um, full-time job, if you will, um, over a year ago, um, they had a going away party for me. And I remember something one of my coworkers said to me. He stood up and he said, one thing I know about Holly, anything she will put her hand to is going to be successful wow. because she's going to pray through it. And she is not going to let she's not going to stop until she sees whatever God showed her come to pass. And when he said it, I was like, you know, I guess I never had thought about it like that. But and, and what I do, I find myself doing even more so now as a coach and, and a mentor and things like that is now trying to instill that same victorious mindset and belief in others. And so, you know, my niece, bless her heart, she's my baby. I call her my baby, even though she's 21. And I remember one day, um, my little nephew, who's four, I was trying to get him to come to me. And, you know, I just wanted to hug him and kiss him, and he wouldn't come. And so my niece said to him, you better give Aunt Holly a hug. That's the auntie. When you're in your deepest, darkest place, she will come in to that place with wow. you and pull you out. Pastor Robbie, that is one of the greatest things someone has ever said that about me. She pastor. didn't say I was wealthy. She didn't say I would buy you anything you want. That was her experience that she was speaking from. Her experience with me was that I would come into the space, not just stand up and talk her out, but get in that space and pull her out. And I believe it is because in my darkest moments, I was pulled out. Right. And I came out victorious. And so that is it's the greatest lesson I could say, and it's the thread I see through all those experiences that, and encounters. That's, that's a phenomenal word um, that anybody could speak to you. You know, I, I've, I've had some similar experiences. You know, when I graduated from college at 22 years old, I started pastoring and leading people. And um, I was so naive, did not know what I was doing. And uh, I'm thankful for those people that first church that were patient with me. <laughs> Um, but, you know, after 11 years, um, I found myself, you know, coach, I was coaching high school baseball while I was, um, you know, still pastoring. And then the opportunity came to start a baseball program. 
And so I um, had the privilege to coach college baseball for, for 10 years. Um, I can tell you, during those 10 to 11 years I was out of pastoring, I learned more about pastoring than I ever did from in school, pastoring, you know, whatever. Because I learned what it was like to sit in a pew. I, I probably worked 60 to 80 hours a week. And my wife would verify, you know, I, I worked long hours. And so when I would go to church, I would sit there and she, she would joke me. She said, I've never seen anybody who could learn to, to sleep with your eyes. And, <laughs> and so I, I basically could, you know, I could check out. And I learned something about that. I learned how valuable people's times really is. And so every time I stand up in front of a people, I want to make sure that I have something fresh from God. And so I've learned the lesson how valuable time is. And, and so not to let anything get in the way. And that's why when I say I'm always looking forward and, and that kind of thing. And, and again, you know, there's there's things like now I look back and see some of my players that I've had the privilege to pour into, and you, know, you would think, you know, they're just not getting it, you know. But now I'm getting, you know, Facebook messages thanking me for being an example to them and maybe pouring my, my life into them. And there's a greater appreciation, you know. Sometimes we don't appreciate things, you know, we're in the moment. It's years later we look back and realize, wow, I learned some things during that time. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, some of the things that we've got to realize is that God has us in a place. And if we learn from our experiences and learn where we are, and, and I know, you know, we've talked about this all, you know, forgiveness is a very, very powerful tool. And, and you know, God says that when we will be forgiven at the level that we forgive. And um, and I know there's a there's a story that you know you would like to share about Kurt Franklin. You know, when you think about his life and what he has done for so many, there's a powerful message, there's a powerful tool called forgiveness. Yeah, you know, Kirk Franklin, um, for those who don't know, is a Grammy Award winning gospel artist. Right. He's been around for a long time, very respected in the industry, has brought in other people and, you know, helped build their careers. And, you know, he's just done really, really well in music. Well, recently he posted on Facebook something that I had never heard him share, which is he had carried an anger and hatred toward his biological father all of his life. Wow. And so um, basically what happened is he got an anonymous phone call recently that his father um, has a few months to live. Now, his backstory is that his mother was 15. They were teenagers. His parents were teenagers when his mom got pregnant and um, put, the, put him up for adoption. And his aunt, Gertrude, I think it's her name because I've heard him say the name before, but his aunt adopted him and raised him. And so he had this, this hurt, really, right. because of what happened. And so he never had a relationship with his dad. He um, did say, you know what, I'm going to be the best father I can be because of what my father d did to me, you know, so to speak. But in his life, he carried that with him. And then he gets this phone call. And so now he has to respond. 
And either it's going to be, oh, well, you know, he's never done anything for me. Why would I want to have a relationship with him? Or the opposite. And he actually did the opposite. And so he decided to go see the, his father and to build a relationship with his father. And more importantly, to offer him his forgiveness because he's in his last years of his life. And I want to read something that Kirk Franklin said. He said, um, it's painful. It's a process. But how disappointed I would be in myself for this man to leave earth without being forgiven. He deserves to receive what God gives me every day. Pray for him and pray for me. God, this is hard. You know, I appreciate his honesty because he's, he, he says, you know what, this is hard. He says, you know what, I have been doing all of this stuff. I've had these chart-topping songs, but I still had this anger toward my father. But in this moment... I realized this is his life lesson. I need to offer to him the same thing that God has offered to me. That is a great story. I mean, a great story. Because I think, you know, again, for those that are listening, every one of us has moments, we've had experiences like that where we've had to make some decisions. How am I going to respond? You know, I'm, I've shared this with you personally, Holly. You know, I have a person in my life that... Um, for about the last 14, 15 years, um, I meet with him probably at least once or twice a month, and uh, he's poured his life into, into me, and he's helped me to understand. You know, whatever I'm going through, it's not about the, the situation. It's about how I respond to it. And so, again, that's coming back to the thing of looking forward, how... You know, what are you going to do with what life has thrown at you? And so, you know, what I, what I take from that is that, and I, from this Kirk Franklin story, is that he had a choice. He had a choice. How am I going to respond? And I think that's one of the things that um, we need to understand is that God will never touch our, our ability to choose. There are things in front of us and God gives us an opportunity to respond. Now, what I'm thankful for is Kurt Franklin made, the, I think, the right decision. Is that he said, you know what? It's not so much about what happened to me or what they did to me. It's what am I going to do with this situation now that I'm faced with. And I think he made a great decision. Um, the thing that really stands out to me, and when you read that, is transparency is that he was saying it's a process. It doesn't just happen at the snap of a finger because very, very little in life does. Most of what we face in life is a process. And then he says it's painful, it hurts, it's disappointing, it brings a, a lot of emotions back up. But what he was do doing, he was dealing with it and he was moving forward to a place that I think instead of having all of these memories of look what they did to me, is like, look what I get to share in the last days of my his biological father and and bring some restoration and some closure to for, for this situation. And I just think it's a good place. And that's really what God wants us to understand. Yeah. You know, you just said something and it made me think. Every process, it begins with one decision. Right. Every process known to man started with a decision. 
And that's what I think, that's a life lesson that we can all take from Kirk's story, from the stories that we've shared today. Really, at the end of the day, it's a decision. And sometimes the decision is not a decision you feel like making. Oh, right. But it's the decision because he probably, like you said, he said it was hard. He didn't maybe necessarily feel like making this decision. But he realized somewhere that of the two options, this was the best way to go. And and even in him saying that he, you know, part of this was fuel for him to be a better father for his children. To me, this is part of being a better father to your children. Because then the same way you forgive your father for your children, where you have may have problems with your children or, you know, whatever happens along life's journey, then your children can see you do something that you would want to see them do or their friends or whoever else you interact with. And so one decision can change generations. This one decision may change generations. That is a powerful thing. And that is powerful. So then it doesn't become just our life lesson. It becomes our children's life lesson. It becomes their children's life lesson. And the blessing can continue on as we all learn and begin to live according to what we've learned. That's good. All right, Holly. That's all the time we have for today. And um, we hope that you've enjoyed listening and we thank you for being with us today. And we just want to encourage you and whatever your life lessons are, let them, those positive, those great things you've learned along the way, those experiences that have shaped who you are, just continue to hold on to them the way Pastor Robbie has, the way I have, the way Kirk has. We just want to encourage you today. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of the Agape in Action podcast today. Don't forget to subscribe and leave Holly and Robbie a review. Find out more about the Agape in Action podcast, their story, and featured guests on Twitter at Agape in Action 18 or by emailing them at agapeinaction18 at gmail.com.